Welcome to the Cashflow Canucks podcast, where Canadian entrepreneurs and investors come to learn about wealth creation. Experts in their fields will join your host, Peter Lount, to share their successes, challenges, and discuss opportunities. Join me and my guest, Chad Robinson, the president of Best Interest Mortgages, Inc., as we talk about his 25 years of experience in the field of mortgages and real estate. In addition to helping regular Canadians and small business owners with their financing, Chad has a particular expertise in working in commercial development with several prominent construction projects under his belt. In this episode, Chad articulates the different solutions he presents to the average client's problems. Welcome and enjoy. Today on Cashflow Canucks, I have Chad Robinson from Best Interest Mortgages. Chad, welcome. Thank you very much. I, uh, thanks, Peter. I'm happy to be on here. Awesome. Um, can you take us a little bit through your journey and um, maybe just start with what you do and then we can get into the journey part after? Absolutely. Um, so what I really do is I'm a problem solver. Um, a lot of times you say my elevator pitch was I'm a mortgage broker. And then really, I guess that's my official title. But what I love to do is, is solve problems and create strategy. And I started really, my mother tells a story that she was giving birth to me and writing real estate offers. So I've kind of been in, in the real estate industry since pretty much the moment I was born. Um, my family has been in the, they've owned brokerages, they we've owned a whole bunch of units, both myself and my extended family, um, whether it's commercial and residential. And so I've basically grown up in the real estate business. And then when I was in my late teenage years, um, I realized that instead of having all these part-time jobs, selling houses is going to be a heck of a lot easier. I'll make a lot more money. So I very quickly got my real estate license when I turned 18. So the first thing I say to a lot of young people that might be listening is if you want to do something, don't take no for an answer. Don't say you're just because you're young, you can't do something. Um, I was 19 years old selling houses. And um, the objection I used to get a lot of times was, you're so young, you don't even own a house. How can you, you know, why, why would I buy a house from you or sell your house through you? And my answer was, man, I'm 19 years old. And, you know, your house is the most important thing in my world. And, uh, and I would hustle like crazy and work for those clients and get them sold because that, you know, that one commission changed my world when I was 19 years old. And uh, kept evolving, went to university, did my degree in economics and international business and um, wanted to do international consulting and all this wonderful stuff. And, and then really realized that what I wanted to do was, you know, where my passion was, was real estate. And uh, so I sold real estate for a number of years, sold residential real estate, commercial real estate. I opened a real estate brokerage, you know, recruited team members, grew that up. And that was about the time when uh, mortgage brokerage was really changing back then. And uh, in Ontario you had the option where you could move to Toronto and become a mortgage broker and go to school for two and a half, three years, or take a real estate brokerage course and become a mortgage broker. Um, so I said, hmm, I'll do option B. It's a, it's a little bit easier. So I opened my mortgage brokerage. Um, back then, we actually had to fax things. If uh, you remember what those machines were, we'd take applications by hand and put them through a fax machine and send them to a lender. Um, very different than what the world is now. And uh, grew that business and quickly realized I much preferred the mortgage side of the world than the real estate side of the world, especially the real estate sales side of the world. Still in the real estate vertical, but uh, but I prefer the numbers. And it was later in life I've realized is I love solving that puzzle. That's what really you know gives me passion and, and pleasure is helping connect clients and, and fixing a situation or creating a creative creative financing strategy for somebody. And uh, so I eventually closed down my real estate brokerage and just focused on the mortgage brokerage. And I built uh, big brokerages and sold brokerages and built big teams and have small teams. And my business has evolved over the years and, and getting to what I really like. And um, 
And now I have this nice little happy boutique brokerage and um, as well as uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about some private funds as well and some uh, mortgage pooled funds and those kind of things on the lending side. I've also developed properties. We've built um, about 16 houses over the last several years and big conversions. I've built sixplexes and severances and I've done basement flips and, you know, anything really in the real estate vertical, I've probably either done directly or had a hand in helping coaching and, uh, and working with clients. Awesome. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I guess we can, there's probably a lot of areas we can dive in based on, on what you said, right? You've got a sure. lot going on. You've done a lot of time. And I said, oh, you said, oh, some people will say, oh, you're too young to do it. I, I was, I'm at the stage where I have transitioned in my 40s. Like, well, you're never too old to do something either, right? Absolutely. Um, but yeah. Um, otherwise, for you, uh, in terms of, um, you know, solving a problem, I guess, what is the biggest problem? Is it um, when I when I practice as an intimate bank practitioner? One of the problems is it's people help people, um, you know, flow their money or um, you know grow their wealth. A lot of it is is looking out of their system, mm-hmm. and uh, we help people retain that money and yeah. become their own banker. But would you say a lot of the problems is like that's where people get stuck? The problem you're solving is getting. Um, getting resolution with the bank, right? Getting approvals because they've, they've found the opportunities, but then is that the biggest sticking point for them to find? Yeah, it depends. You know, the, my clients fall into kind of, well, three categories, but two broad categories, you know, residential owner-occupied kind of folks and then investors. Um, residential clients, you know, they might own their home and maybe one other property. Uh, and a lot of times those, those people get stuck in just patterns, patterns of behavior, and they can't get out of it. You know, people quite often will have, and you probably see this in your, in your practices, they'll have $10,000 sitting in one account and a line of credit for $10,000 sitting in another account. They're like, well, I don't want to cash my, I don't want to put away that 10 grand and pay it off my line of credit because it's fearful. Um, so I see this often where people are sitting with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity in their home and running consumer debt. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. You know, with rates 2%, 2%, 2. 2.5, you can refinance that pay that high interest rate debt off um, and even amortize it if, you know, over five years or three years or um, really pay it down quickly versus, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10%, um, 20% sometimes on credit card rates. So, so that's so one area. Just, just some very quick fixes, I guess, that we can find for people. It's a low-hanging fruit. Yeah. In the most simplest terms, that's, that's kind of the, the very simple um, fixes. Like I had a client yesterday, past client, he renewed in February and I proposed him. So why don't we do this? Roll your line of credit in and called me yesterday. He says, Chad, because now I finally got it. It's eight months later. Why am I paying 7% of my line of credit when you can give it to me at 1.85? I'm like, yeah, you know, you're, you'll be mortgage free in 10 years. Like, oh yeah. Okay. I, I finally, he said, he goes, it finally went through, you know, I got it. I'm like, great. Uh, the other challenge that a lot of people have is where I love, where our office really shines is with self-employed people. And, you know, there's all kinds of different programs available for self-employed clients to get mortgage approvals and be able to, you know, own that home or own that business or that rental property that they're just not even aware of. So having clients come to us and say, Chad, I want to, you know, I, I, I have this business. I don't declare all my income or, or a lot of times the income is real. It's on paper, but they don't take it out because it stays in their business. You know, why would draw it if you don't need to? Um, so their personal taxes are lower than the actual gross revenue of the business. And we have programs for that. Um, I had a gentleman call me yesterday. He says, you know, my business is making almost $400,000 a year and he has almost no expenses, but I only, he was, I only take out like 30,000. I have, I don't have big needs. Um, so the regular banks were, 
not really helping him. And uh, so we were able to help him and get him an amazing, uh, an amazing rate. And then the next tier is people that have major credit issues. You know, they've had a life event, um, a family death or a divorce or lost a job and their credit's gotten hurt. And uh, so we help clients, you know, deal with that in whichever ways is appropriate for, for them. So that's, that's something that we also do a lot of. And, um, and then you also mentioned funds. So that's, that's, so I guess this is getting clients approved for mortgages. What about the investment side? What were their opportunities there? We don't have, I guess before you can get to the fund, where are there opportunities in people investing in mortgages? Would you? For sure. So over my career, so I've been a mortgage broker for 25 years and obviously I'm very passionate about the industry and, and lending and, and real estate in general. So that whole real estate vertical, whether it's direct ownership that, you know, you buy that duplex, triplex, fourplex, you know, multi-unit or you're partnering JVing um, or you're investing through lending and it's all real estate and it's all real estate, different buckets. So people can invest their more money in mortgages, which is effectively a bond. So like you'd go on the stock market and buy a bond, um, a mortgage is effectively a bond. So it can be a first mortgage like you'd get at, at a bank um, or a second mortgage, sometimes third mortgages, um, and each have different levels of risk and different levels of return or interest rates. And what I love about the mortgage world when you're investing is the lender is a pretty girl of the dance, right? You have the money and you can set your terms. So you can say, hey, I have $100,000. I want to give it out at 10% or 6% or 20%. And it's it's up to you to decide if you're comfortable with that rate and that risk. Um, somebody else isn't dictating your return to you. You're dictating what you're looking for. Um, so that's a really nice, it gives you control. The So some of the investments you can do is whether cash investments and mortgages, you can do like a first mortgage. You can also do through your RSPs, your TFSAs. Um, it can be direct, one-on-one. -on -one. So in other words, I, I match a an investor with a deal. Or the other option is there's some pooled mortgages, and which is what we can talk about with the fund. And there's also syndicated mortgages, which are where you're putting two or three people together. Right. And is, is it, um, so use case could be anything, could be like a, could be for a residential place, could be for investment property, could be for, you've done other areas too, right? Like you said, construction. Yeah. So the private lending world, uh, there's a lot of different investment options. And the first people, for, I get this all the time. Last night I was talking to an investor on the phone. He's quite wealthy and a CEO of a company he says, Chad, he goes, why would somebody need an 8% first mortgage? What, what option would make somebody, you know, want that or need that? And, and I'll give you a really good example is I have a lady that I'm meeting this weekend where she's buying a house that she's living in. She's renting there for the last seven years. And the person is selling to her well below market value. So she's buying it for $370,000, even though it's appraised at $450,000. So she has a little bit of a down payment, but not enough. So from a private lending world, we're 80% loan to value. You know, the current value is the 450. It's legitimate. I mean, I know my market really well, and um, you could turn that house around tomorrow and sell it. But if you walked into Scotiabank or TD Bank, they would say, ah, well, we're only basing on appraisal or purchase price, whichever is lower. So in her case, she didn't have enough down payment to get qualified. So if she walked away from that deal, it would be silly. She'd lose 75,000 bucks. So in her case, it makes sense to take an 8% mortgage for a year. Um, she has good enough income. Her credit needs a little bit of work um, to get her into the banking world. So she's going to be there for a year, pay 8% for a year. The investor's happy. has very little risk of somebody that's been paying rent for that long. And, um, and she's happy because they get to own this house and instantly make 75,000 bucks. 
So that's just one example of, uh, of why private lending exists and, and how it actually is helping people, not necessarily being a, a negative. There's sort of a darker side where some people take you know, advantage of people, but, um, but the work we do is really, we solve problems. So, Yeah, and that's the thing. If you're dealing just directly with the banks, you're not going to get a lot of those solutions, right? Um, that's what your yeah. profession is really going to create, right? Is yeah. To bridge a lot of those gaps. Yeah, you know, we had another file, um, it's closing today, actually, where a gentleman, another executive, um, needed a second mortgage, $350,000, and uh, his separation wasn't finalized yet. So he couldn't go through the main channel to get the mortgage. He had great credit, great income. I mean, he makes like almost three hundred grand a year. And But the main banks are very sticky now. If, if you don't check all the boxes, you're not getting approved. And they just didn't have it finalized. They had it partly finalized, but not completely. So he's like, I need this money now. I need it for my business. We got to work. We got to get this done now. I said, great. Here's the rates. It was 11% second mortgage, 80% loan to value. Um, very low risk file, good return. And it's, you know, one year, 14 months kind of, um, kind of investment. Nice. And, and so those are, those are areas where people can play one-to-one -one. Mm -hmm. and talk about your fund that you, your, uh, Sure. Based on, I mean, just go from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I've always done lending. I've always done one-to-one -one lending. It's something that I've been doing for 20 years. Um, my family's money, my money, my investors' money. And over the last several years, it it's, was relatively easy to do when valuations were low. You know, if the house is 200 grand and you're lending $100,000, that's not that hard to find one investor with 100 grand in their RSPs or cash or line of credit. But as values have really come up, if I'm doing a first mortgage, which I like to do a lot of, you know, that might be $600,000, $700,000 first mortgages sometimes. And it's difficult to find one investor with that much money to be able to, to put in one deal. So my first part of that was getting a administration license here in Ontario. So each province is very different. Um, it took me quite a long time to get my administration license. And what that allows us to do is take the payments from the borrower's account and distribute it to investors. So in that case of the $700,000 mortgage, I can put two or three investors on that and we take care of all the divvying up. So there's one, one check from the borrower and the investors get split. Um, very safe, very secure, still first mortgages. None of this strange construction mortgage. And if you look into the you know, media, there are some, some bad things that happen by people you know, getting into pooled mortgages on big con condo towers. And you know, that's, that's a whole different world. Is this, this is considered like a, a syndicate or a neck or what? what would well, the terminology for, you can do both. So they can do, so I do syndicated mortgages where it's like two, three investors on a residential home. Um, very simple. It's called the conforming mortgage in Ontario. And it's simple and, you know, as safe as any other mortgages is in Ontario. Um, then the other thing that I've been working at with a partner in Toronto as well is what's called the mortgage pool. And um, it's the company's called the Line Financial Corporation. And this is a pool. There's, a, there's several companies like this in Canada. They're called mortgage investment corporations. And you pool all these mortgages together. It's RSP eligible, TFSA eligible. And it's sort of the hands-off investor. So you put the money in, you get a dividend every month. Um, and your risk is divided not just on one property, but it's divided over hundreds and hundreds of properties. Um, so they tend to do very well in Canada. Uh, most mix have been have performed really, really well over the last 25, 30 years. And they invest primarily, some mix have niches, but primarily they invest in residential real estate, first mortgages, second mortgages, 
um, very boring stuff, actually. You know, it's not crazy exciting, you know, and so you know, like that house I was telling you where the lady, you know, needed that $360,000. It's just boring mortgages that are safe. And, you know, the return to there, the investors are seven to 8%. So it's not quite as sexy as some of the second higher rate stuff, but, uh, but, you know, nice. And, you know, sometimes investing isn't, isn't meant to be crazy exciting. And so is that the, is that basically the fund? Yeah. So the, the fund is, uh, is that pooled mortgages. We, uh, we bring everybody's money in, whether, like I said, it's cash or registered investments and, uh, and then it's lent out on first and seconds across Ontario. What, what are you seeing um, from, you know, I mean, you're seeing lots of changes to a lot of industries. Um, mm-hmm. You seen any changes coming to yours? Have you seen uptick or downtick? Mm-hmm. I assume dealing with the commercial might be different than residential. Residential, people always need a place to live. What, right. what is, what's happened to the market since, you know, say March or, and where do you see it going? Well, it's really interesting. You know, Don Campbell loves to talk about this. Um, there is no such thing as the market, right? It's very, very regionalized. And and I think what COVID has really done for Canada, and I'm assuming pretty much North America, it's even more hyper-local. Um, you know, there is always, we'd say, the Ottawa market or the Toronto market or the Alberta market or the, you know, Regina market. But now it's specific areas in those markets. So, you know, where you might have in Toronto, North York is doing very different than Brampton. Um, so in Ottawa, you know, East end, West end is, and even sometimes more granular than that in some, in some cities, it's this neighborhood within this area is good, but not this one. Um, so you gotta be really careful, but in general, what I've been seeing is valuations are still going up, um, save for some issues in Alberta, um, overall values are going up. The market's still relatively stable. You know, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, it's on a drop, uh, you know, well, all these percentages are throwing out there. And, and frankly, we haven't seen it. Uh, if anything, it's, it's rising higher than it was rising last year. And uh, that's a little bit surprising, but, uh, but it's still going up. Um, so you, you seem to be a wealth of knowledge when it comes to a lot of this subject matter. Sure. And I know that through the fund, you probably get a lot of people who are just passive investors, but what about people who just want to learn more about the process, want to get their hands um, you know, little dirty through the process. Is that something that you help with through clients, coaching, whatever it may be? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a book coming out in, in a few months. I hope to have it already launched, but uh, I was so focused on getting the fun going that I kind of put the editing side uh, away. So there's a book about private lending where I teach people uh, the A to Z of private lending. So how to read an appraisal report, how to read a credit bureau report. Um, what's a good deal? How do you find deals? You know, who do you talk to to get a mortgage or an investment? Who's a good mortgage broker or not so good or a good lawyer or not so good lawyer? All these all these kind of things I cover in the book. Um, and then eventually that will spin up into a course. But I'm also happy anytime now. If somebody has questions, they want to learn about private lending, I'm I'm very accessible. We can, uh, we can book an appointment online and uh, have a Zoom call. I'm quite happy to uh, share that. And, and I plan on also doing, like we were chatting just before we got on here, is doing a webinar series with... Um, with people saying, hey, here's the basics. Here's how you do a first mortgage. Here's the rates of return um, that you should expect. And, and that was one of the things why I started my first course was I saw a lot of investors getting, how do I want to put it, slightly taken advantage of. They were doing these high-risk deals and not getting the appropriate return for the risk that they were taking. Um, and that's where that first book, uh, my book design, the desire came out from and, uh, and the course. I think there's, there's definitely... You know, in my experience of private lending, 
um, either through, say, a mix or some mortgages. Yeah. I kind of just had to figure things out on my own. Um, it's good to see that you, you compile a lot of those things, just, you know, things like loan to value, term, mm-hmm. rates, appraisals, how to review those and yeah. understand them. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's great knowledge. Anyway, if you're in the real estate space and you want to invest in real estate, even I've had a lot of people take my classes over the years and they don't necessarily intend to lend more money, but they took it so that they could understand how the banks view them. You know, what is the bank looking at when they're looking at giving me money? How can I make myself look better? Well, if you learn how to underwrite, you you get that knowledge. And it's just good, in my opinion. Obviously, I'm a finance guy, but it's great knowledge to have um, for anyone. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And so uh, next for you, so you've got your book coming out, I assume, sometime in the fall. What, what else is uh, what else is coming up? Is the fund live now or is that one's back? Fund's live. We're starting uh, to take cash in and investors in. Um, we're expecting... I got, I still got to learn all my compliance rules with the OSC. Um, so, you know, we can, anybody that's interested in that, we can hook you up with our, um, with our finance arm and they can go through all that with you. Uh, but we're primarily doing first mortgages and second mortgages in Ontario and uh, lower loan to value things. Very, very kind of, like I said, simple vanilla kind of lending. If somebody wants to be a bit more direct and a bit more active, we can, uh, we have a meeting where I do an analysis with the investor and say, what kind of mortgages are you looking for? What kind of rate are you looking for? And I know we were chatting about uh, the blog article I wrote, which is the rule of 72. And, you know, a lot of people are like, what is that? Right. It's, you know, how quickly does your double your money double? So if you're yielding 8%, your money will double, you know, 72 divided by eight. It's every nine years. So if you think about that, 8% interest, your money is doubling every nine years. That's pretty amazing. Um, you don't need to hit home runs to make yourself very, very wealthy. And uh, the power of compound interest is is quite incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that is a, that's a, that's an understatement. Um, control your money. Um, well, I mean, what you're doing here is you're running the security, which so you have uh, a lot of the control, and then compounding is the other piece that really will add fuel to the fire, right? Yeah, so you don't... My, I don't know if you, I mean, you kind of do from what I've read about your stuff is, you know, you encourage people to invest in what they know about, learn about a different, different niches and become not necessarily the experts, but know enough to feel comfortable. Right. And um, a lot of investors here in Canada, we've built our wealth through real estate, owning real estate, owning your home, then owning a cottage and owning one or two rentals um, and finding out ways to do that. And it's just, you know, it's just amazing. I, I love real estate. So. So good. good. Well, um, anything else that you'd like to to share with the the audience in terms of uh, how, I guess, how can they get in touch with you? What's the best way to do that? Sure. The best way, if you go to my website, bestinterest.ca, there's my podcast as well. Um, You can book an appointment with myself and my team on the website um, very easily there. And I'm happy to go through private lending options or debt options. Um, if we're not uh, able to help somebody do a location or something like that, we refer you to where the, the right expert is. Um, and we'd love to just even help out. And as I mentioned, we'll be doing some more detailed webinars where we're getting a little bit more granular on lending. You know, what are the opportunities? What are examples? Um, how do you find them? And, and how to avoid the bad ones? Um, we'll be covering that in our webinars as well. Very good. Well, thank you, Chad, for sharing your story. And I wish you My all pleasure. the best. That's awesome. Thank you for taking time to listen to the Cash Flow Canucks podcast. You'll be able to find out more about our guests and how to connect with them in the show notes for this episode. 
Would you like to learn the secret way savvy investors and smart entrepreneurs are turning their expenses into positive cash flow? Then you want to read the Infinite Banking Concept book. For a limited time, I am giving away free copies of this book valued at $30. If you want a copy, just email me, Peter, with the subject line book to peter at cashflowcanucks.ca. Again, if you want a free copy of the Infinite Banking Concept book, just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca with the subject line book and your mailing address and I'll send you a copy. You'll finally understand how the wealthy elite is turning everyday expenses into cash flow. Just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca.